Welcome to Into the Deep, a podcast by Gosford Parish, the Shrine of St. John Paul II. Join us each week as we dive deeper into the upcoming Sunday's Gospel readings and explore the things Christ is doing in our hearts and in yours. Whether you're new to the faith or have been following Jesus for a long time, you are most welcome here. In the words of St. John Paul II, do not be afraid, do not be satisfied with mediocrity, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Hello everyone and welcome back to this week's episode of Into the Deep. You're joined as always by Jamie. I am the Shrine of St. John Paul II coordinator here at Gosford Parish and you're joined with just me today. Father Greg is so close to being back back in your ears. I'm sure you've missed him as much as we've been missing him here at Gosford. And I'm actually going to be seeing him in just a few days completely across the world in Rome. So yeah, we're meeting up for World Youth Day, which is super exciting. Well, by the time you're listening to this, I will have I will be in Rome, but I'm recording this a couple days before I go. So please pray for all of our pilgrims. We have like so, so many people from not just our parish going with the Salvatorians, but also with our Diocese of Broken Bay. And so, yeah, please keep us all in your prayers and we'll be praying for you across the world in some of the most beautiful churches in the home, the heart of our church in Rome. So I'm very excited. So let's keep praying for each other. But this week we're diving into some more parables. So I talked about the parable of the sower a couple of weeks ago on the podcast and Jesus, he's got some, he's got three more parables for us, some quick little ones um, that are still very, very powerful and relevant to us. So without further ado, let's just dive right into this week's episode. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then, in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down, and put the good into baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The ages will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all this? They answered, yes. And he said to them, Therefore every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. Alrighty, well, we do have quite a lot to unpack in what is a little bit of a shorter gospel this week because we have three parables and then kind of a sneaky little fourth one that Jesus throws in there at the end as well when he's talking about the scribe and we're going to dive into a little bit of what he's actually talking about because sometimes like we saw last time we were unpacking the parable of the sower you know Jesus he unpacks he he says he says what he says and then he explains it and elaborates on it further and sometimes he doesn't do that and so going to be unpacking that a little bit together. Um, So to start us off, let's define what are the parables that Jesus was talking about. So first we have the parable of the hidden treasure. Then we've got the parable of the pearl of great price. Then we've got the parable of the net. And then in this final parable, this is where Jesus refers to this scribe that's been trained for the kingdom of heaven. 
saying that he's bringing out new and old treasures. And so there's a lot that Jesus is telling us. And while these parables are different, they also very much connect. And so I think we'll start off, start off at the top. So we've got the parable of the hidden treasure. And so the message that Jesus is conveying to us is that the kingdom of heaven is this immeasurable, priceless, priceless thing. It's worth sacrificing everything for. And not only that, once it's found, it brings incomparable joy and fulfillment. And so we see the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. In his joy, he goes and sells all that he has to buy the field. So he gives up everything for this treasure. And so that's what we're called to do as Christians. That's what we're called to do as part of our our calling to live as Christ lived, to give up everything and follow him. And, you know, we come back to the last few weeks, you know, Jesus has really been telling us how to be a disciple, you know, lay our burdens at his feet, like we were talking about with Kelly and pick up your cross and follow him, like we were talking about with Scott a couple of weeks ago as well. And, you know, we look at the lives of the saints and their pursuit of holiness. And we realize that that is the ultimate treasure. You know, we're not we're not here for our own benefit. We're here to bring glory to the kingdom of God. We're here to share the gospel. And then we're to proclaim it and to live it. And our ultimate goal is eternal life with God. So we need to be pursuing holiness. You know, and what does holiness mean? To be holy is to be set apart. So we're called to be set apart from the world. You know, we're called to be in the world, but not of the world. And that means that often we have to sacrifice things, sacrifice everything often for this pursuit of holiness. And yet it's by sacrifice that we find this ultimate joy and fulfillment that the parable is speaking about. And so then we dive into the parable of the pearl, which not only just further emphasizes the supreme worth of the kingdom of heaven, it reminds us that encountering Jesus Christ and accepting his teachings is the most important. And it requires the willingness to let go of the things of the world to gain the eternal treasures of God's grace and love. And so we see much what was said in our, our first parable echoed again. You know, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. And so I think it's really clear to us that like the importance of actually living to be holy, you know, of pursuing holiness. And this isn't just something that happens once and we're done and then we're good to go. You know, this is something that God is slowly doing and this process that we're undertaking with God throughout our life. But when we have our eyes fixed on the prize, And I think as well, when we realize that our ultimate vocation is actually to be in a relationship with God, you know, we talk about vocation a lot in the church of like, are you called to be married? Are you called to be single? Are you called to the priesthood? Are you called to religious life? We talk about vocations to teaching or vocations to nursing or whatever it may be. But our ultimate vocation, we all have the same vocation at the end of the day, which is we're called to unity with God. We're called to be in communion with Christ. And through that, we express that to the world differently. So priests do that in a very specific way. Married couples do that in a very specific way. You know, as a teacher or a 
accountant or whatever, wherever we're called to use our gifts, we're ultimately called to be in a relationship with God first. And so that's our ultimate vocation. And so what Jesus is reminding us here is we didn't have our eyes fixed on the prize. You know, we didn't have our eyes fixed on Christ. And we need to be pursuing that over everything, even above the the things of this world, you know, like money, financial success or popularity, fame, whatever it is, we need to have our eyes fixed. And I love this whole idea of like our heart posture needs to be correct. And so it's not a bad thing to want to succeed in your career and to provide for your family or anything like that. Like those are beautiful, important things. And they actually are, you know, part of our vocation that we're called into, depending on what it is. But equally, our heart posture needs to be right. We need to be doing those things for the glory of God. And I remember when I was trying to decide where I felt like God was calling me and where he was calling me to go in my life. And I kind of had a few different options. And I remember hearing in prayer, and I I think I mentioned it on the podcast once before, I can't remember, but this this echo kind of came into my head um, and I felt really God speaking to me saying, you know, are you here to build your own kingdom? Are you here to proclaim mine? And that really stopped me in that moment of like, in my life, am I trying to build up my own kingdom? I'm trying to get everything that I want. I'm trying to succeed. I'm trying to you know, gain this great reputation and work really hard. And like, that stuff's all about me. Or am I trying to proclaim the kingdom of God? Because the kingdom of God is infinitely better for me and for everybody else. And so, you know, we're talking about this treasure, like that is the treasure that we're seeking. You know, that's what we're made for. I always go back to St. Augustine with his quote that our hearts are restless until they rest in you, Lord. And that's because we're made for God. We're made to rest in him. And so our ultimate vocation is to be in a relationship with God. We're called to be holy. We're, we're called to be saints. I love how boldly John Paul II, you know, spoke about this during his pontificate because, yeah, we can think that these say, that saints are these unrelatable, awesome figures that did these really cool things. But the fact is, like, we're actually called to be saints, each of us. You know, I was talking to, I was on a immersion trip in Fiji last week and I was speaking to um, uh, just a group of people around the table. We were talking about how one of the girls there is actually related to someone that is up to become a saint and up for canonization maybe during our lifetime and I was like wow that is so cool like you're gonna be related to a saint and she was like well it's pretty cool to think in this room that like we're gonna be saints one day you know I'm sitting around in this communion of saints right now and I was like wow that is such a cool way to look at it actually and that is also I think the truth of how we're called to live our lives like we're called to be saints you know and a saint is someone who is in heaven like that to be a saint is to be in heaven. And so we're called to be with God forever. We're called to have a, we're called to eternal life. And so the way to do that is to pursue holiness. And so Jesus is reminding us of that through this parable. And then we have our third parable, which is the parable of the net. And so in the parable of the net, where we hear this call for this wholehearted response to God's invitation of love, 
And in this parable, Jesus compares the kingdom of heaven to a net that catches fish of all kinds. So, all kinds. After gathering the fish, the good ones are kept and the bad ones are thrown away. And as Catholics, our interpretation, our understanding of the scripture of what Jesus is trying to reveal here and is revealing here is this idea that the kingdom of heaven is open to all people. You know, Jesus is catching fish of all kinds. We're all called to have this wholehearted response to Jesus' love and his invitation. But it also stresses the importance of living a life of virtue and pursuing holiness, pursuing righteousness to be counted among the righteousness at the day of judgment. And so it's not to scare us, but it's to remind us that what we do on earth actually matters. You know, the decisions that we make, the way we treat people, the way we live our life, the 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 worship and the weight and importance we give to God in our lives, we're, we're reminded that, that that actually matters. You know, what we're doing here matters. Every decision that we make. You know, we often can think that our small daily choices don't matter. They don't make a difference. What's the big deal? But they do. They do because ultimately they are changing our heart and they're either changing our heart to make us more like Christ or to lead us away from him and so that's what Jesus is reminding us he's reminding us that the the kingdom of heaven is open to all it's not closed for anyone but we still have to make that active choice we're given free will and we need to help to mold our will towards Christ's and so that's what we're hearing here in the parable that Jesus is showing us that his kingdom embraces all people, you know, that all people are called to be saints. We need to learn to love, serve others, to spread the gospel and invite them into God's embrace. You know, that's why evangelization, sharing of our faith is so important because the kingdom of heaven is open to everyone, but we need to be open to be instruments to allow people to encounter Christ's love for them. And we need to know that our own choices carry that weight and importance as well. And so then we've got kind of, we think, oh, we've heard our three parables. And then Jesus kind of throws in a little cheeky one at the end. And in this final parable, Jesus refers to a scribe that's been trained in the kingdom of heaven. He likens him to a householder who brings out both new and old treasures from his storehouse. And for us as Catholics, this really emphasizes the continuity between the teachers of the Old Testament and Jesus's new teachings in the gospel. It highlights the role of the church as the custodian of divine revelation, passing on the rich heritage of our faith, while continuously bringing forth new insights and understanding through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And so I think at my heart, you know, there are so many reasons why I love being Catholic, but one of the main reasons is because we have the tradition You know, you can read Leviticus, you can read the Old Testament, and you can see how we got to where we are now. You can see how we have got to the way we worship now, the way we go to Mass now, the way we live our lives in pursuit of Christ now, which I think is so beautiful. And, you know, Jesus tells us that he didn't come to, like, get rid of the Old Testament, but he came to fulfill it. And so we know that it's really important to have both. We need the tradition, and our church has these beautiful traditions that we continue to do now and that we continue to hold very close to our faith now and yet we also have these new wisdoms these new understandings you know John Paul II he spoke about new evangelization which is not about throwing away the whole car but it's rather like turning on that engine powering it up and letting the Holy Spirit 
move in the way that he's moving. And, you know, that's the heart of our faith, that Christ is still alive. We have, as Catholics, we have three truths, the kerygma, you know, that God loves, Jesus saves, and that Christ is still alive through the Holy Spirit. And we can't underestimate that Christ is still alive. He's still moving. He's still doing things in our hearts, in our church, in our families, in our communities. And so we really need to be open to that. And I love this parable because it reminds us we need to hold on to the tradition, the reverence, the beauty of our church. But equally, we need to be open to what the Spirit is doing and how the Spirit is moving and the way he's transforming hearts. And so, yeah, I think there's so much, so much good, so much beauty in this week's gospel. There's a lot to unpack, a lot to reflect on, and also at this challenge to know that our lives matter, that the decisions we make on earth matter. And equally, we have so much more to live for, you know, that we were made for more than this world. We were made to be holy. We were made to be saints. And that's a process, not just a like instant thing. I mean, hey, God works in pretty crazy ways. So maybe it was, it is for some people, but for most of us, there's going to be this ongoing process. And so to leave you off, I just want to challenge you to think of one practical way. I love, I love making things practical because we don't want to just reflect we want to also do you know what's that saying what's that saying that god can't drive a parked car you know we need to we need to think what we're going to actually take and actively apply so whatever that is for you of what's one way that you can strive for holiness this week maybe it's carving out some more time for prayer and not making the excuse of i'm busy or i'm tired but no i'm going to do this because my decisions matter or i'm not going to you know do this, I'm not going to fall into this lazy habit of just scrolling on my phone. I'm going to stop and pray the rosary or whatever, whatever it is for you. Or I'm going to be more open to sharing my faith with others and just mentioning it in casual conversation or whatever it may be. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, In the simplicity of your word, you reveal profound truths that touch our hearts and transform our lives. Today we meditate on the parables found in Matthew, and we seek your guidance and grace to understand and live out their lessons. Like the treasure hidden in a field, your kingdom is the ultimate treasure we long for. Help us to recognize the immeasurable value of knowing and following you. May we be willing to give up everything to embrace the riches of your love and mercy. Lord, you are a pearl of great price, worth more than anything this world can offer. As we seek you with all our hearts, grant us the wisdom to discern what truly matters and to let go of anything that hinders our relationship with you. In the parable of the net, you show us that your kingdom embraces all people. Help us to love and serve others, spreading your gospel and inviting them into your loving embrace. Holy Spirit, illuminate our hearts and minds as we read your word. May its truth take root in our lives transforming us from within. Grant us the courage to be faithful witnesses to your kingdom, shining your light in the world. Lord, may we respond to your call with joy and enthusiasm, treasuring the old and new revelations of your word. Let us be your humble and obedient servants, faithfully living according to your will. We thank you, Father, for the gift of your word and the wisdom it imparts. May we be ever grateful for your love and grace, seeking your kingdom above all else. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Amen, guys. Thank you so much for listening and for praying with me whenever you're listening to this episode. And yeah, I'll be praying for you. Please pray for me, Father Greg, and our other pilgrims as we dive into we're going to Rome, going to Portugal for a week for World Youth Day in Lisbon, we're going to Fatima. So I'm very excited and I'm very grateful to our parish for making it possible for us to be able to have this incredible encounter with the Lord and with other young Catholics. So Thank you so much, everyone. We'll be praying for you and God bless.